Welcome to the VP Live Network. Your 30-second countdown has begun. This show is intended for adults of legal smoking age, and as such, the content is not intended for viewers and listeners under the age of 18. Vapor's Place is in no way responsible for the opinions of any host on the VP Live Network. Please grab a vape, sit back, and enjoy the show. Hello. How are you? Good. Uh, how are you? I am wonderful. Hello, Basil Ray. It's been a long time since you and I have chatted. I know. Other than the, you know, occasional Facebooky, Twittery posts back and forth. Well, and I never fail to make sure I wish you a happy birthday on Skype and send you all kinds of funny shit. That's true. Funny story about that. Um, I came home. I had been out and about, like went and got lunch or something, came home. And I had like eight messages on my screen in front of me. And I thought I was typing in the window to you. And I said, thanks, lady. And I was actually typing to Sergeant Taz. And he kind of went, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, you are very clearly not Jeannie. Well, but who but, is? I mean, who is you? But we're kind of alike. Well, similar hairstyles, maybe. Well, that and we're both robots. <laughs> it's true. The bionics are strong. Yes, Taz and I both have the same bionics. So, yeah. So, you know, it could have been that. Congratulations, young man. Thank you. Up Thank until you. up until um, last week, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I had said, I, when I was talking to Sense, I had told Sense. I said, you know, I'm kind of wondering if Basil doesn't trust any of us or if his girlfriend is imaginary. And he said, well, why? I said, because we have never seen her. She has made very few public appearances. Very few. She was at Vape Bash two years ago with me. Oh, well, see, this year is the first year I got to go to Vape Bash. Mm-hmm. And then we we couldn't go this year. It was too close to the, the wedding. Yes. So as I'm giving you shit for hiding this beautiful woman, PB Dragon is Skyping me. And he's going, look, look, look. And I see the beautiful wedding pictures. She is absolutely, yeah. absolutely beautiful. Congratulations you. on your wedding! I feel too, like I man. did all right. I, I, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think that you did all right too. I think you did better than all right. But you know, if you're gonna go with all right, she I'll would tell you that as well. Right. Well, us girls got to stick together. <laughs> so, what the hell were you asking about the other day? What did you were you looking for? DIY. What, yeah. What flavor so, was it? Uh, totally Wicked has several different lines of juice, and they've had a liquid call call it whatever. Well, well, let's call it liquid. Let's stick with liquid. That's a more appropriate name, huh? Yes, I like uh, e-liquid. Yes, I do. So their Patriot range has a flavoring that they use to spe- uh, to sell on its own. So it's the uh, uh, tobacco americano. From the Patriot range, you used to be able to buy just the flavoring concentrate. And they came in five mil bottles, and that was the perfect amount to put you right in the 17% neighborhood. And uh, that was perfect for mixing up a 30 mil of finished liquid. And they no longer sell that flavoring, and I can't source it anywhere. In fact, I actually contacted Totally Wicked a couple of different times, and they said, We don't know. Uh, we don't know where to get it. We don't have any left. Well, they didn't flat out say, we don't know where to get it. They said, we don't have any left in stock, sorry, uh, both in the U.S. and the U.K. And the trick is, 
that flavoring is the same flavoring uh, required to make torque, Halo torque. It's the same flavoring. So what I was doing was just buying the raw flavoring. I wasn't really pulling any tricks with it, right? Just a 5 mil bottle to a 30 mil finished and a couple drops of sweetener, uh, like a couple of drops, too much distorts it. Um, two or three drops of just a diluted EM mix, and it was pretty perfect. And I was saving myself tons of money doing that because whether you buy it from Halo, you buy it from there, or um, there's one other place you can get it. Cisco has a tobacco Americano liquid. Um, at least he was carrying it for a while. That is basically the same thing. And nobody knows where this mysterious flavoring can be had. And it exists. Somebody's got it. Well, somebody's got it, and I can't help you with that. I have no idea. I do know that I have... And see, I have to disclose this. I have, <laughs> you probably don't see my Facebook much. Um, I have the entire flavor art line. Mm. Everything. Sure. Tobaccos, desserts, fruits, fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very spoiled. I know this. Um, and I have, and it was really kind of cool because when they when they brought me my stuff, they doubled me up on all of the tobaccos, and I'm like, why did they do that? Because I don't make only but one tobacco vape, and that's for my mom. Right. You know? Yeah, it's not your that's not your cup of tea. Yeah, so to yeah. It's it's not really my thing. And then I thought, well, you know what though? I, my buddy Par, Par is like the wizard, the absolute wizard when it comes to tobaccos. So mm-hmm. Par is the one. Kathy McCarty is the one you want to hit up, Basil, because if anybody okay. can answer that question, it's Par. Okay. Okay. So I thought, but you know what I can do because I happen to have you know duplicates of the tobacco line. I can send a box of them to Par, and Par will come up with really phenomenal recipes. And then at least I know if I have a tobacco vape that it'll have been a good tobacco vape to everybody else. So then I'll be able to judge whether I suck at mixing tobaccos. Or, <laughs> it's tricky. Or if I just don't like them. Get, you know, you get one of two things. You get that real kind of ashtray taste if it's too much of just, you know, a raw tobacco, like a tobacco absolute. Um, or you get that just sort of pseudo bitter, fresh tobacco. It, it's They're really tough to do, um, at least if you're just trying to use, I think, a lot of the traditional off-the-shelf flavorings that have been available well, I haven't honestly tried to do a DIY tobacco recipe in a really, really, really long time. I will tell you that what I got, I got a care package the other day because I've been working on this lemon shortbread cookie thing. Okay. I am just bound to determine that I am going to nail this lemon shortbread cookie thing. And I think I have it exactly where I want it. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that I've got it exactly where I want it. But now... um I've got this a group of my friends and I all hang out together on Facebook in this little like secret Heidi group just just to stay away from all the five percenters. <laughs> sure. Because there's only so much asshole I can handle in a day. Um, and and, but you have a pretty high tolerance. I will say that. Yeah. Well, so I posted the recipe in there and I'm like, somebody try this. And everybody's like, well, damn it, Jeannie, we don't have the jasmine. Mm, jasmine. Interesting. And. Because I am here to tell you, like, one drop per 10 mil of jasmine completely makes a lemon taste much different than you would think, without it being flowery. 
It's really One drop for 10 milliliters. Is it is it that strong or is it just? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's just this little note that you want in there. Okay. You know, and, sure. and flavor art flavorings tend to be really strong. You know, where like if I'm using 10 or 12 or 15% of something TPA, if it's a flavor art flavoring, it tends to be 1, 2, or 3%. Hmm. Um, I've I've always been more of a TPA guy. Yeah. Um, most no, of the no. stuff that I use is is TPA. Uh, to be honest, I haven't. So for a while, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was mixing a ton, and then kind of started getting access to some pretty good prices and group buys uh-huh. uh, for you know pre pre made like commercial stuff. And I just haven't mixed anything in probably about two months now the what i can't stop vaping is tripoli from charlie noble that has become like the best the best thing i've ever vaped in my life i buy it in 120 mil bottles and uh, i hope they last three weeks what is the flavor profile on that it is um kind of a cigar tobacco with a fig undertone it uh it is just magical I don't know what it is. I, I have not found a juice that I have enjoyed this much in a really, really, really long time. Uh, the other the other piece too is that like I've just been buying big quantities because I've you know um, I'm in a Facebook group where we've had access to some good group buys. Um, so you know I'm getting 120 mil bottles for you know like thirty dollars or less of commercial stuff at times. So it's just so hard to say no to that because it's, it's so convenient. You know, and you want to know why I make juice? I make juice because it gives me something to do other than vape. <laughs> and it's something for me yeah. to tinker with. I've always liked to cook. Well, we're all paleo in this house now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of limiting my options on what I can cook. Um, because a lot of the stuff that we really like. Was baked goods has yeah it has grains in it or it has dairy in it <laughs> you know and i'm like well shit um but i like mixing because it's 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 a hobby to me it takes it into that realm of being a hobby not mm-hmm. just a habit yeah and you know with with the wedding and honeymoon going on um i was outsourced from my job in February, and uh, I'm starting a new job here at the end of the month uh, with a new company, starting fresh. I'll be the new guy for the first time in almost a decade. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. It, um, I'm really excited. It's going to be a really great fit for me. I'm going to run uh, customer support for a small telecom provider in the Twin Cities. Um, so, yeah, I just I haven't had the time to sit down and really think about doing DIY. I probably, and you know, this is sad too, it's probably to the point where I need to toss most of the flavoring that I have on hand because some of it is probably a year plus old. Yeah, if it's over a year old, um, yeah. it's probably still good, but I would chuck it and start Yeah, over. like I have a, I'm, I can see it from here. Um, you know the Keurig, the little K-cups? Yeah. I have, it. that's what it originally was supposed to be, the little carousel for those. And oh, I have became... 30 bottles of juice in one of them. Yeah, it became my little flavoring carousel because that was the problem. You know, I started with the tackle box uh, for just my like DIY flavorings and stuff, and it was just such a pain to dig through there all the time. I never put anything away right, and I found one of these carousels laying around, and it was perfect because as I was mixing, I could just spin it and find the exact bottle I wanted. Oh, I couldn't do that. Do you know how many of them I'd have to have? 
<laughs> yes, yes, I can imagine. Yeah, I literally have hundreds of flavorings here. Yeah, it's it's in the hundreds. I won't say where it's at in the hundreds, but it's in the hundreds. And that was before I got the flavor art line. So, <laughs> yeah, I have a little problem with that. Um, <laughs> you know, well, it's just one of them things. My husband, you know, I will be opening a package up and he's like, oh, did you get, is that uh, the candy lady? He calls Kimmer the candy lady. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. And he goes, well, did you really need more of them? And I'm like, I don't know. Didn't you get some reloading supplies the other day? And he's like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. conversation the over. Guilt. The guild. See, that's that's a secret. She can probably hear me. She's right upstairs. Um, we haven't combined finances. Uh, so she doesn't know what my true vaping expenditures might be. Um, plus, I've been working from home for the last like month and a half. Pretty much four or five days a week like from my home office. Oh. So she's not here when the mail comes. <laughs> Basil, you're married now. You're not supposed to do that. I know, I know, I know. No, it. Um, to be honest, I haven't. I really haven't bought a ton of anything vape related. In fact, I've I've been in the process of selling some gear off that is nice stuff that I just I'm not using. I mean, I, I sit here and I'm looking at my desk and I have one, two, three, four, five DNA forty mods and an SX Mini M class and a few mechs, but then I've probably got just in sight here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, like sixteen, seventeen atomizers just sitting here. So I need to do some some serious house cleaning again because I just I don't have enough mods and I'm not I am vaping that many different juices. Well and here's the thing is I had stopped buying gear. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I had my Opus Ds. I was just perfectly fine and happy with them. I bought one of the little eye sticks when they came out, just to have something to chunk around with me because my Opus Ds, I don't leave the house with them. Um, You know, I mean, because I had one of mine get trashed by the dog without it leaving the house. You know, I mean, Ruger stole one one time. Uh, My first Opus D, Ruger stole it within two days of the time I got it in. Um... Unfortunately, I didn't figure it out until three days later, and he had taken it outside and buried it in a mud puddle. Um, yeah, that's my funny Drew story of, the, of forever in eternity. I called Drew, and I'm absolute, and I'm I'm bawling, right? I I am just devastated. This device is just dead, right? And and he kind of laughed, and I'm like, um, can can we fix it? And he went, no. I'm like, well, um, how much is it going to cost me to replace it? And he goes, $240. <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit. But needless to say, I now have three. I have three Opus Ds. Um, Are they 20s or 30s? The 20s. And, and, okay. I, and I really, really like them. I love, and of course, I'm an Evolve fangirl, have mm-hmm. been since Brandon came out with Wattage. I'm right there with you. Well, I'm you not know, so I avoided, a fanboy, but... Yeah, I avoided Wattage um, the entire time PB Dragon and I were doing our show together. And he was like, oh, no, here, try try out my Darwin. And I'm like, no, I don't want to fetch that thing. He's like, no, really try it. And I said, no, I'm not going to try it because if I try it, I'm going to like it and I can't afford one. So now here I sit with all of these variable wattage devices, and I am I am really a big fan of regulated power. Okay, so yeah, oh yeah, likewise, and I really always have been. 
um, the amount of time that I've spent using some sort of mechanical is it's really small. I mean, even back in 2010, 2011, where you were really limited. Well, I've still got uh, my four silver bullets. Mm-hmm. I'll never get rid of those. Yeah, you know, that's, that's one that I don't have. I don't have a silver bullet anymore. Um, a silver bullet anymore. was the first mod I ever had outside of an ego. And Nurse Sin helped me pick that out. There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, I miss her all the time. Mm-hmm. I miss her all the time. Um, so, yeah, so I I stick with these, and I've got these DNAs, right? Not everybody's going up all these, you know, high-wattage devices and everything, and I'm like, I don't need that, you know? I'm, I'm a low-wattage vapor. I really am. Yeah, it um, depends on what I'm doing. Uh, a lot of what I have been vaping has been Genesis tank stuff. I have an Inax and a NextGen. Um, and that is probably 80% of, of what I use anymore. I've got some drippers set up and, you know, I use a sub tank just as a, the sub tank mini for me is like, um, I'm going to play softball. So if I break it, lose it, drop it, don't care. Like I'm going to work in the yard. You know, that's the kind of thing that I'll do is I'll throw the sub tank on because it's not a, you know, it's not expensive. I could replace one for 20 bucks, whatever. So but for me, it's been so much Genesis stuff that I just, you can't push crazy watts doing that. Yeah, and that's can't. that's the funny thing is I sit here, well, I, I bought, and Chicago Rod sold me his brand new VaporShark RDNA at Vape Bash because I wanted one and nobody had them. And then Hannah had their new device there, but they wouldn't mm-hmm. sell it. And I was, like, really pissed. I'm like, okay, I want a shark. Nobody's got them for sale here. The only ones they've got are the glitchy ones. Right, all right, fine. So Hannah's got a got a DNA over there that I want, and they won't sell it. I'm like, what in the hell? And and Chicago Rod, and because he Rod, Chicago Rod almost broke me at Vape Bash too. By the way, what did he do? Yeah, Chicago Rod came up and 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 you know Rod and Rod is a hugger. Yes. I am a hugger too. I yes. was not expecting Chicago Rod to wrap both his arms around me and pick me up in the air and kind of like give me a give me a oh, little shake, yeah, and I'm like, oh, really. oh shit, Rod, yeah. So yeah, Chicago Rod literally almost broke me. Um, <laughs> but and see, that's the kind of hug that I would give you, but I know better. Yeah. So Chicago Rod sold me his brand new Vapor Shark because he knew I wanted it, and he says, and I don't even know why I really bought it because I didn't need it. So then you know, and then I got and I did get I did get some gear. Um, last week, vape mail, but I can't talk about it. Um, but <laughs> so I'm really, I really am a regulated power kind of person. Not that I don't sub ohm because I do. And what's hysterically mm-hmm. funny is I have two DNA devices sitting here. One of them has a Nautilus mini on it with a 1.8 ohm head in it. And on my RDNA 40, I've got my marquee. My marquee is on that. And that one is sitting at 0. 0.45 or 0.48 or something like that. Sure. So, you know, that's really two opposite ends of the spectrum. But I think that's one of the things that I found playing with flavors is certain flavors hit. You get better flavor at certain temperatures and certain wattages. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I noticed that a lot in my NX. So. Um, I, I'll start to sound like a fanboy, but I, I kind of am. The Charlie Noble line is is great. It's really great stuff, and it's all around seventy to just about eighty VG. 
I like Tripoli, and I set that at about 30 watts and 480 degrees. Um, but then if I put, say, Treasure Island, which is a kind of a Fruit Loops sort of ape, uh, into that same atomizer, it's roughly the same, like, viscosity, right? Same PGVG breakdown. Uh-huh. I only like that at about 450 to 460 is the top end. Because that, that temperature change will have a, an impact on your, your preheat output, too, with the DNA40. So for me... You know, it, yeah, you're right, though. It, it totally does. That was always kind of the vision with the DNA 40 is that more vendors would get on board with the, you know, kind of suggested temperature or suggested temperature wattage settings for a liquid. And I haven't seen much of that, to be honest. Have you? Have you seen anything like that um, from commercial vendors? I've seen a couple of vendors come out and say, well, this juice was formulated to be at, at, at a certain temperature. Um, and do I believe that? Yes. I don't know as you give somebody an exact range because I do think taste is so subjective. Oh, yeah. You know, and sure. I say that all the time, like juice reviews. Um, as far as I'm concerned, juice reviews are absolutely pointless to me other than for entertainment value. Um, right. Because, you know, I've got friends of mine that we all like 90% of the exact same juices, e-liquids. But that other 10% are completely different. Not even close to being the same thing. So, you know, you're you're never gonna jive completely with somebody as far oh. as as taste. Variety is the spice of life, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, so it's you know, and but I that's I guess I'm the same way with all reviews because I'm that I'm the same way with with reviews on gear and stuff. I watch the reviews that make me laugh that you know that entertain me people that i find entertaining not so much for what they're covering but how they're presenting it i guess that would be a good way to say that yeah you would be surprised at how few reviews i actually watch um actual reviews it's almost none unless it's a new product that i I just want to see how it looks um it's got to be a really new concept for me to go out of my way to pull a review about the only vape-related videos that I watch with, you know, pretty pretty dedicated frequency are probably Grimm's, uh, his vlogs. Mm-hmm. Just because I throw them on, they're almost like white noise to me. Not that he isn't entertaining, but it just, you know, I kind of pick up bits and pieces here and there. I'll do it, you know, I'm working around my office. or It's I'm like having video the radio yeah. on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, and like now, this time of year... Um, I've actually had friends hit me up and they're like, Gina, are you mad at me? And I'm like, mm, no, what am I supposed to be? <laughs> like, well, we haven't seen you in the show in a while. And I'm like, oh, that. No, 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 that's not it. Um, last week with the way that the drama fest hit, I did cancel the show. I did cancel my show last week. I was just I was just too damn mad to even do my own show. Um, but no, this time of year is is busy for us. You know, my grandkids are getting out of school and I've got my gardens going and yeah, it's in camp on weekends, and so I haven't been to anybody's shows. I'm lucky if I remember. The worst thing for me now is, like, inside vaping is only on every other week. And I always fuck up and hit it on the wrong week. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough in that, you know... I, I... I hate to sound and wax nostalgic, but that was kind of the nice thing back in the day where there were really only one or two kind of, you know, 
content providers or channels really for live mm-hmm. programming uh-huh. because it was easy to keep up. You didn't have a lot of conflicts and uh, now, I mean, it's so easy for somebody to spin one up and no disrespect to anybody, but there's just so much out there. Um, and I just watched so much and lived so much of that for so long from hosting myself and, um, you know, the early days of MTV that I just don't have a strong desire to do that because a lot of shows are not content driven. You know, at least, at least when I kind of walked away from regularly watching shows, a lot of them just became glorified giveaways, video chats. Yeah. Or giveaways. Yeah. And I just was never, was never what about it appealed to me. Yeah. Oh shit. And by the way, everybody in chat. Um, I can't get the phone lines to work tonight. So if you ask DIY questions in chat, I will try to read the question and get you an answer. And that qualifies. Just just, just saying. And Basil, I got mm-hmm. Ed the Green yelled at me. Um, he wanted to know how come he got cussed at and you guys didn't. Um, my two favorite vape shows ever have been VapeLink and Inside Vaping. And and you guys just kind of, you guys stopped doing your shows, and Sense was busy, mm-hmm. and you were busy, and Kazi is neck deep in advocacy, and, and he's had so much going on in his personal life. And then, you know, I got addicted to Inside Vaping, and I'll be yeah, a son of a really bitch. nice show. Yeah, well, guess what? They had quit doing that show. And when they quit doing their show, I had just decided that I was, I was done with this. I had enough of this bullshit. <laughs> and... I am here to tell you that Dagger and Dane and Ed got called rat bastards for months until they brought Inside Vaping back. <laughs> I did. I did. I called them Brutal. rat bastards. I'll make you rat bastards. You ruined my favorite vape show. And I have missed you guys so much. Yeah. And, you know, I I miss doing it too. I don't miss having to do it all the time and drive new content because you get these periods where there just isn't new stuff you know what i mean like right now there isn't a lot of new stuff on the market a lot of it is the same thing repackaged and it's kind of these you know these tidal waves of stuff right so if you think about it uh, a few months back it was you know the atlantis and the arctic and the sub tank and all of those and that was the big trend and then um, it was all the chinese temperature control stuff but it's all kind of the same you know what i mean that there just isn't doesn't feel like there's always that variety. So it and you know this as well as anybody from from hosting as as much and as long as you have that it's a challenge to put together something new and exciting every week. It's really difficult to do. Um you know and I set this show up unstructured for a reason. Um hold on just a second. Uh first gen Rex wants to know what type of tools and equipment would I suggest for somebody starting out? Well, first gen Rex, you need to send me an email. If you send me an email, we will get you an account set up at One Stop DIY Shop, and the lovely Miss Kimmer will put fifty dollars for the store credit in that account, nice. and you will be able to get your very own DIY starter kit. Yep. It will have everything you need in it to make your first juices, because she's just kind of fucking awesome that way. <laughs> yeah, I mi- I'm gonna miss seeing her around the metro area. I really am. I always look forward to seeing Kimmer. Um, and she is absolutely hysterical. So she says the other day, she's like, so um, when you come to Colorado to visit. And then <laughs> she lets slip that they saw a creepy critter out on their property um, that I don't like. 
And then she decides to drop the bombshell that she is 8,000 fucking feet above sea level. Ooh. I would die. Ooh. That is... Oh, and Kimmer says she did not get invited to your wedding. I did not invite any vapey people to my wedding, believe it or not. Well, um, I can believe that. Yeah. It, you have uh, her life. Well, and that was a trick, too, is that the wife and I, we paid for everything ourselves. And uh, so we really tried to keep it to family and really close friends. And we, of course, there were the family obligations to invite the relatives you haven't seen in 10 years and, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff that, to be honest, neither of us really wanted to do. So we we kept it pretty pretty tight-knit. Yeah, we got invited to um, some friends of ours that camped next to us. Um, we got invited to their wedding. And... Then we find out they, like, invited, like, 400 people to the wedding. I know what church they're getting married in. I can't imagine this church holding more than 100 people. <laughs> and I'm thinking the first of August, hmm. Mm, yeah. Warm I anywhere you are. I don't think so. <laughs> it's going to be too hot. Um, not that, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with weddings the first part of August because my husband and I got married August the 4th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oof, that's brutal. Oh my, it was so fucking hot outside. Um, We waited until it was like after dark when it cooled down to like 90 to go, you know, on the, the trolley line there from casino to casino because during the day it was like incendiary. Yeah, and it cooled down to 90. Think about that. Yeah, it cooled down to 90. And what was so fucking funny was we got... When we got there, we got in the taxi, and the taxi was taking us from the airport to the to the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. And it rained for like 60 seconds. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. It was like 60 seconds. Yeah. The first three days we were there, all these people did was complain about the humidity from, from the rainstorm. And I'm like, it's sprinkled. Right. It's sprinkled for less yeah. than a minute. You know, and that's the trick, too. If you've ever experienced tropical climate, it can rain for one minute, but it's going to rain hard. And, you know, like uh, all the time that I've spent in the Philippines, um, and even we went to Puerto Rico for our honeymoon, which is certainly tropical. Um, that's where I want to move to when my husband retires. He thinks I'm kidding and I'm not. Puerto Rico's, it's, I had a really great time. It's, it's weird. Um there's just things that are really odd about it because you don't really feel like you are not in the United States other than, you know, I mean, you technically are, right? It's, well, territory, it's a U.S. But, territory. Yeah, but it's so it's so bizarre because all the road signs are in Spanish. Uh, none of them are in, are in English on any of the main highways, like at least around the San Juan area where we were. And cars, and it's, so cars, I think they're getting most of their cars from the U.S., so all the dashes have miles per hour as the primary display. So all of their speed limits are posted in miles per hour, but all of their distances are measured in kilometers. So you're constantly trying to, in your mind, you know, have to do those conversions when you think about distance, and then you're thinking about miles per hour and how fast and how far. It, Yeah, that was a little bit of a trip. Uh-huh. And dry, turn signals are 100% optional. Well, and I guess it's lucky my husband speaks Spanish. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul, was, um, Paul was stationed in the country of Panama in the Air Force for three years. Oh, sure. So, sure, that'll do it. Yeah, Paul learned Spanish from Spanish-speaking people, not mm-hmm. out of a damn book. 
Right. And every once in a while, he teaches me a new word. I speak just enough Spanish that we didn't have any problems when we were there. Uh, the more, the closer you are to like San Juan, uh, the capital, um, the more common it's going to be for somebody to speak English. Uh, you start getting farther and farther away from San Juan, and it's going to be less likely. Yeah, um, and by the way, everybody, now we've started up this humidity chat. I have to tell you guys <laughs> that it has rained here every day for the past week. It's going to rain every day for the next five days. Um, so our humidity level here is like 85%. It's rather sticky here. It has rained here an awful lot uh, this year, but it has remained relatively cool. We've only had a couple of days where the temperature got above 80 degrees. And it hasn't been very humid. It's just rained. Well, so you know, really the first out. day Kimmer got, when they got to Colorado, it snowed. In, really? Yeah. Yeah. Not just in the mountains snow, right? Like It snowed snow? It snowed where they lived. No, it snowed. They had snow on the ground. It It snowed. Like frozen water snow. Yeah. I'm like, it's fucking June. And she says it was awesome. Yeah, she says it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is... No, no thank you. No snow in June, please. Yeah. None of that. Okay, Kimmer, what day of May was it? It was way closer to June than it was the 1st of May. It was May. Yeah, it was May. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think I want to live someplace that it snows in the end of May. She says May 9th, but even that seems pretty late in the year for snow anywhere in the U.S. Yeah. Well, and then Parga, yeah, Parga and poor Par. Jesus, Texas was so dry and so dry and so dry, and then they damn near drowned, and, and she had tornadoes come through. And, yeah, it's been crazy-ass weather this year all over the place, though. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, just... Very sporadic. I only use my snowblower like twice this year, maybe three times. Um, we have we've had lately in the DIY group all kinds of people talking about measuring by weight, and everybody wants to talk about how much easier it is. And I'm like, screw that. I am so old and set in my ways. You know, I'm I'm like that little old lady sitting on her front porch yelling, "Get off my lawn!" <laughs> um, I because. VG is so hydroscopic and it draws moisture to it and stuff. It changes. That weight changes. And in trying to explain to people that, okay, well, you know, this run of vanilla bean ice cream or vanilla swirl, because vanilla, vanilla swirl, we'll go with that because that's the one flavoring I don't think I could ever live without. Um, I, I never have less than four ounces of that here at a time, ever. Um, I really, really like that. Yeah, it's um, just a nice accent for things. It is. And it, it's it's a nice thing to work off of. You know, it it has such a nice... Yeah, that's surprising. I it just seems It seems ineffective to measure by weight. It just seems like it's a lot more work. Yeah, um, and they're, they're like, man, this is so much easier. And I'm like, fuck yeah. that. No, because I don't want to have to sit here and measure it out and test it every time. Um, and they're like, oh, but it's so much more accurate. I've got pipette pumps. Kimmer, Kimmer got me hooked on pipette pumps. And I can be accurate with them down to tiny, tiny, tiny 
amounts. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I've never used one. I just I use a good old fashioned syringe. Every once in a while, if I'm mixing up a really big batch of something, uh, I will use a graduated cylinder. I use graduated cylinders when I'm making um, the normal size batches that I do for the PIF project and stuff. When I'm making like 240 or 480 millijuice of, of, you know, the same flavor, I get my graduated cylinders out and use them. Because when you're talking about a batch that size, your error of margin is so large, you know. I mean, I would have to be off. I don't know what kind of nick base you use. Um, I usually go for 100% VG because I can always, you know, I can generally always cut that down because I'm not using a ton. But if I want to mix higher stuff, and at the milligram strength that I vape anymore, I probably don't need to do that. When I was vaping 18 and mixing 18, it was just easier to get to 70 VG using 100% VG, you know, base, nicotine base. But it, you know, you're mixing a large batch of something. That VG, ugh. Just using a syringe is is hell. I um I get my nick in PG base, um, and I have done that since the whole box elder inst- instant the, the that catastrophe, um, and you know, and I've sat and talked to Kurt several times since then, and and Kurt Kissler assures me that if nicotine is properly suspended in VG when it's mixed to begin with, mm-hmm. it won't separate out after that. You know, I've never if, seen if there's ribboning like they had with the whole box elder incident. Mm-hmm. That's because they didn't do it right. Sure, no, I, that makes perfect sense when you say it. Um, I haven't bought anywhere. Well, you know, I was buying from Wizard Labs for a while, and then the last couple of times I bought, I think I bought from My Freedom Smokes on the, some of their big DIY sales. Because it takes me. I don't mix tons and tons, and I'm not mixing for other people. Yep. So it's generally just for me. So for me to get a 500 mil bottle of, you know, even 24 is going to last me a long time. Oh, yeah. No, I have I have liters. I believe it. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it's really volume will do that to a woman. I really do. Um, but I think. Uh, oh, and the other. Oh, yeah. Little mini rant. Um, nobody in chats brought it up, but I'm sure somebody's sitting. Listen, somebody's sitting in their car. Probably Ed the Green. Hi, Ed. <laughs> Ed always listens to show. Hi, Ed. Um, Flavor West. Did you see that? I did see that, and this is something that. Are you it's surprised? Not, it's not me, new, new. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. Okay, no. okay. No, it's not, neither am I. That happening isn't new news. I think that happening in a vendor publicly kind of putting out a statement like that that came that they were given from a flavoring distributor. That is the new aspect of it, but this isn't a new problem. Uh, and they aren't going to be the only, you know, flavoring providers that that are in that boat. They're just not because well, they. Yeah, and not everybody the ones is throwing. Creating. Yeah, everybody is throwing Flavor West right under the bus on this, like, oh, these bastards. And I'm like, wait a minute. And Kimmer said it too. Um, you know, Capella said, and and this is not. I'm not bashing Capella either. Don't anybody think that I am? Because they have some flavorings that I really like. But Capella said the V1 vanilla custard was fine for how many years, Basil? Oh, God, and, forever. And then Dr. Farsalino's testing came out, and all of a sudden Capella is out with V2, and V2 is perfectly fine. And I'm like, wait a fucking minute. You've been saying V1 was fine all this time. Mm-hmm. 
And they never admitted any wrong on that. Never admitted that, you know, well, come to find out it wasn't. But obviously it wasn't. And a lot of us knew it wasn't because we had seen testing done on it. But, you know, so the fact that somebody said that the flavoring was fine and it turns out that it's not fine is not the least bit surprising to me. What does kind of surprise me now is that vendors are still making the statements that their stuff is fine when they don't know that it is. And I guess the only thing might... The piece that I think uh, is not transparent to people is the nature of these flavor houses, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, They are not generally the one... You know, they're not producing each extract themselves and, and diluting it out. They're, they're purchasing and they're recompounding. It's what they're doing in a lot of cases. And because they're recompounding things that, you know, uh, maybe have trace amounts of this or that in a particular element that they're compounding down to, some of it doesn't even have to be disclosed because it's in trace amounts, but at different concentrations, um, I mean, it, it's all got to get tested. The flavoring distributors knowingly selling large, large quantities for vaping, right? Because that's the other piece is that none of this was ever really designed with inhalation in mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it I think was, we take that for was, granted because it it's so accessible. It was made for ingestion. Right. It's so accessible that I think a lot of people just take it for granted. So the companies, I think, that are compounding these flavors and selling to e-liquid manufacturers that are going to then take and blend into their own finished product e-liquid, I think they do have an onus to do a better job testing when they're selling wholesale like that to people that they know are either A, going to be doing their own testing later, or B, they know for a fact are going to be using it for inhalation purposes, right? Yep. At the same time, vendors of e-liquid, of, of commercial e-liquid, are in a tough spot because they have to be testing a lot of the raw flavoring that comes in before they mix it down right? Because otherwise they've then they've wasted PG, they've wasted VG, they've wasted other flavorings, they've wasted nicotine base. But then they also have to do it on the finished products because the way that they're blending compounds that maybe are coming from a couple different compounders can dramatically affect the finished product. So there's so much testing that really has to go in that I think that's where, that's where a lot of people are in trouble. So it's tough to throw stones at, at Flavor West. I think and- and me too. And that's what I agree with. I think that it's really hard to sit back and throw stones at them because we don't know what these people have been been told. Um, and we don't know whether they were telling a lie or whether they weren't. Because I honestly, um, you know, like their butterscotch. You know, I know somebody that had their butterscotch tested and their butterscotch was fine but yet when they released numbers the numbers that they released didn't reflect the independent testing that i saw Mm -hmm. so you know which one is right or did somebody say okay well we have to put out some numbers please so we'll just put some numbers out that'll make everybody happy um anything would be speculation really yeah um, the backstory on this, Joseph, is the fact that uh, someone specifically asked them about their yogurt flavoring, and was told that their yogurt flavoring um, was. Well, and it, let's not. I mean, let's not say it's someone. It wasn't just an everyday consumer. It no, was it was a vendor, a liquid manufacturer. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, this was a vendor, and that when the vendor had it tested, that it was just pretty much 
way higher than what most people would consider safe levels. Um, and, and I say it that way because um, the, the questionable components have the potential to be a risk. Now, understand that I said they have the potential to be a risk. Yeah, I'm really careful about saying that there is a safe limit because we just really don't know that mm-hmm. there is a safe limit. We we don't know that if it's a safe limit, we don't know that it's a dangerous limit. Um, but there is that potential there. Um, it's It carries that potential. And potential is a word that often gets left out mm-hmm. in vape conversations. And which was part of why I, I skipped my show last week because I really just couldn't be rational about it. Um, you know, it's kind of like this whole thing with the labels and and the candy names and the whatever. Now, the FDA in their lack of common sense it appears to them that there are companies out there that are marketing to kids mm-hmm. and let me repeat that it appears to them that it's marketing to kids now it appears to me that it is not because I am one of those people that like candy vapes I like cereal vapes as long as they don't have the milk component to them. I think the milk component in in stuff just ends up tasting like sour milk to me. Um, and I am not a kid. So well, you're a kid at heart. So from where I stand, it's not. It doesn't appear to be marketing to children. Where the FDA is standing, it appears to be marketing to children. So there is that potential. What disturbed yeah. me so much last week, though, Basil, was the vapors that started with the accusations and the threats towards vendors. You're marketing to children. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What? What the hell is going on here? And and I heard it so many times that I was like, you know, this is just really sad and pathetic to me. Not only do we have to try to educate the FDA on words and their meanings like potential and appears to be, but now we really need to educate vapors as to what the words potential and appears to be are. <laughs> yeah, this it's is bad. tough because, you know, your average, you and I have been doing this for a really long time. Uh, so we're not passionate, I think, sometimes in the way that I'll say less experienced vapors might be. You know what I mean? Because we remember, I mean, we've seen everything. I mean, really everything that has ever happened in vaping in the U.S., you and I have (laughs) been around, right? Yeah. So for us, we get it. But I think sometimes new vapors, especially new vapors that get turned on to the importance and the advocacy and that kind of thing, they don't stop to think and, and look at things from different angles and, uh, they get really caught up in the, you know, 
somebody said that this was bad, so it's got to be bad. You know, somebody said that this was good, so it's got to be good. So, you know, somebody said we shouldn't be doing this. So where I really struggle are, I don't like the cartoony kid labels. I I personally don't. Um, It's a business decision to do it. But I I think the trademark infringement should should stop. It really needs to stop. I think it's, it's just shitty business practice to thieve somebody's trademark material. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I do. I agree with that. And I agree well, that the kitty labels so aren't... It, the, the, kitty, the kitty cartoon labels don't impress me any more than the softcore pornography labels that some people are using. Um, mm-hmm. None of that makes... It doesn't matter to me when I go to purchase the juice. It doesn't enhance your experience. No, not at all. It doesn't do a damn thing for me. And I think those things need to go away. Um, but I just would really hope that people would think about the things that they're saying because Mm -hmm. now we don't need the FDA accusing us of doing horrible things because we're accusing ourselves of doing these horrible (laughs) things that I really don't think were ever the intention. Yeah, it's so hard to say, um. I mean, it could have been well-intentioned. It could have just been a, a marketing grab. You know, in, in Grimm's vlog a week or so ago, I think he, he said it pretty well. And he said, you know, the kind of vendors that are relying on this are the guys that are in it to to make money now. Oh, yes. That are, that are doing that kind of stuff because that might sell you that one time. But if the product isn't there behind it, it's not going to influence your buying the next time because it had that label, right? Yeah, the quick buck. Um yeah, I had a conversation with um, someone uh, the other day, and I uh, was showing a couple of potential label designs that they were using, and both of them I kind of said, you know, and this is kind of right it, as we were ramping up into the heat, because I feel like the heat on this whole cartoon label thing is kind of starting to fade off a little bit, but um, compared to what it was a week or so ago, it was right, right, you know, coming into the, the peak of that kind of conversation around Facebook, and I said, you know, I think the labels are cool as hell. I said, I think they are awesome, but I don't think you can use either one of these right now. <laughs> one of them had, you know, um, uh, a guy with a machine gun, um, you know, and the other one had ninjas and, and bunnies. And, you know, it, it, they were they were cool labels. I love them, but I just said, you know, I, I think we all know that these are really cool labels, but we're, we just can't. Right now is not the time to be doing this. You don't, and it was a vendor that didn't need the yeah, marketing and, push, you know? You know, and I'm not, and I'm an equal opportunity, not nice person. So, you know, I I think about the same of those labels as I do of the bottles of e-liquid that have wax seals on top of the bottle. Yeah. You know. Get it. And... And if anything, those are opposite ends of the spectrum because I really think the wax dip on the bottle was a nod towards expensive bourbon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that's that's the polar opposite of cartoon characters on on sweet cereals. Um, and I, and I, I refuse to call them children's cereals because up until the time we went on paleo, I had a bowl of cereal and milk and toast, and I ate toast before I went to bed every night. Otherwise, I woke up hungry, and then I was awake at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was wide awake. Um, 
so I, I don't call them children's cereal, but I will call them sweet cereals. Um, because again, I have grandchildren. I would not be what anybody would classify as a kid. And I happen to like Captain Crunch and, and Frosted Flakes. Oh, man, I had a bowl of peanut butter Captain Crunch this morning. Yeah. So there's that. But um, so, I, I mean, I am just not a fan of flashy marketing. I'm just really not. I went to, have you been to any of the VCC type style meets, the the big conventions? No, no, VaporCon and uh, Vape Bash and old, old Vape Fests are all that I've known I've um, to. I was kind of bummed. I was, I was really going to try to get to Pittsburgh this time, but only because uh, DJ and Niagara were going to be there from Flavor Art. Mm. I wanted to hang out with them for a while, um, but... I really, I went to the ECC that they had up in Springfield, Mass., and I went to the ECC slash VPX that they had up in Niagara Falls. And, yeah, I'm just not a fan of mostly naked women walking around in body paint. (laughs) Um, I'm probably going to regret saying this. There was, um, I'm not going to name names. There was a vendor uh, from an e-liquid company who is a, devastatingly gorgeous lady uh who posts a lot of generally tasteful photos uh of herself right kind of promoting her brand and today on facebook one came across my timeline that i had to double take and it it looked like there were parts that only very very close uh partners of hers should ever see that were like there i just went oh boy um that whole trend of that stuff, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, yeah, get off my lawn. <laughs> and, and, and I mean like the green grass in the yard that you mow with the lawnmower. In case anybody <laughs> went all pervy on that one. Because after you, when I said that, after you said what you were talking about, I'm like, hmm, you know, that could have been taken really wrong. <laughs> You know, I see a lot of things, and and then after I say them, I'm like, oh wait, wait, wait. I I meant that in a really non pervy way. You know, it's funny we're talking about all this. Um, I'm sitting here, and right in front of me, as I look down, uh, is a bottle of liquid from Mercury. I'm not sure if you've ever, if you're familiar with them. Uh, they have incredibly simplistic labels, incredibly simplistic. And the bottle that's in front of me. So if you've never seen a Mercury label. Um, their logo is basically just a an, an M with a circle around it. Really simple, right? Yep. Uh, their labels are clear, other than the the printing on them. They're clear, so you see right through them. And I'm sitting here looking at a bottle of Mercury, and the flavor name is Cartoons. I don't know how you could look at that and say that <laughs> something like that. I just it looks classy. It looks sophisticated. Yeah, they've named the liquid Cartoons. The flavor is Cartoons, but it in no way. I mean. Nobody could ever look at that and say you're marketing to kids. You know, just there's so many other ways to go about this stuff. You know, what's funny too though is that everything in vaping is is cyclical. It always has been, right? So, you know, everything was basically some form of a mechanical mod after we got uh-huh. to mods way back 2009 into 2010. Uh, then it was boxes. Then it was regulated, then it was back to mechs, and now it's regulated boxes are in again. You know, the reel was out, now bottom feeders are in again. You know, all this stuff, it's, it's been cyclical. Remember, um, think back to the days of VaporCast. Were you a VaporCast yes. listener? Yes, 
And Kevin did a show. Kevin did a show with them, by the way. And they said there's some lost episodes of Vaporcast. Well, they really need to put them out. Yeah, just saying. That would be that would be awesome. I would listen to every second of those. Um, but I remember this because it's the first time I really caught it. But there was a Alien Visions flavor that I forget what the original name was because it's been so long ago. Because this is like mid 2010, right? I forget what the original name was. But they got a cease and desist from Marlboro, so they renamed it CMD. I mean, this this whole you know the trademark stuff's gonna kill some of these vendors. I mean, and this is not a new thing to the industry, right? If you remember the, um, yeah. it was supposed to be called the Eclipse from Digital Sigs. It was the variable voltage mod that actually uh-huh. had an electric liquid pump in it to, to top off your atomizer. Um, that was originally supposed to be named the Eclipse, and they got a CMD from, I think it was a. Uh, Philip Morris, who was working on some product called the Eclipse. I mean, this has been going on since 2010. So if these, um, yeah, I mean, I mean these it's, vendors it's not new. Don't... You know, it's not new. But what is new? And here's the thing that really floors me is why people think that it's not going to be an issue. We are we are a hot button topic right now. And. Then you take somebody that is launching their brand new liquid line and, you know, either their logo is a ripoff of a major sports team or they're using, you know, fruit gushers or, or, you know, gummy savers or whatever the hell it, the case might be. And this company goes out and they do this huge marketing push on this product to sell their ultra premium liquid at 2750 a 30 mil bottle and you're damn on crack if you pay that but anyway um how how do you think that you're not going to get seen doing that you just you just spent a fortune to push your marketing out there and you're doing copyright infringement or trademark infringement it's like really i'm and i'm supposed to feel bad for you if you get a cease and desist order no, I'm not. I'm not going to feel the least bit sorry for you. And to be honest, those just aren't the vendors that I buy from anyways. I just don't. I can't, you know, I mean, really think of a a vendor that uses trademark infringing logos that I've ever bought from. Even names of liquids, you know, a flavoring name or a specific blend name. I can't can't really think of any. Um, it is funny you said 2750 as I'm kind of sitting here. I, I do have a bottle of five ponds on my shelf. Um, there's one five ponds flavor that I absolutely love and that's Grandmaster. It's kind of like a peanut butter graham cracker kind of thing, but it's a very special occasions thing for me. And, and I'll tell you the most expensive e-liquid that I have ever bought and bought repeatedly. Um, and you made mention of clear labels a while ago. Um, I'm here to tell you, I hate clear labels. Um, the only criticism I ever gave Adam over his e-liquid line that he did for the refined vapor mm-hmm. was those clear labels. Hmm. They sucked. You couldn't you couldn't read them. Well, when I have three bottles, you know, when I have Katana and Bolo and I don't even remember what the name of the other one is, sitting here, I want to be able to read the label and know which one I'm picking up. Um, but yeah, Adam's Bolo, uh, Most Angry Pirate made an almond biscotti cookie that I just absolutely loved are they still doing that no okay because i never got around to trying any and no. uh yeah hmm. that's too bad but yeah grandmaster so like you know 
I buy a bottle and it lasts me a really, really long time because I'll fill up a tank. Like I bought a new bottle for my wedding. So the day of my wedding, all I vaped was Grandmaster. Well, not all, but pretty much everything that I vaped was Grandmaster. And I got through maybe a third of the bottle and it went back in its cute little toilet paper tube and it sits on my shelf until I feel another time where it's appropriate for me to sit down and enjoy something quote unquote very premium um, and then I'll have another tank and fill it up and when that bottle's gone maybe I'll go out and buy another one maybe I won't yeah I am um, and Adam and see and when I bought Bolo I only I got Bolo for like $20 a bottle and there are very few vendor juices that I buy anymore and it's it's not that you know I don't want to support these people because all of the vendors that I buy from I know these people personally, mm-hmm. you know, and you've, you've been here long enough, mm-hmm. you know, if, if there's something out there, what you really want to try, we most likely either know them or we'll get to know them. Yeah. Yeah. Give it enough time. And so I, I know these people and what's really funny is there's a couple of juices, a couple of them out there that I really liked I'm like this. This this is one of my favorite e-liquids ever, and they're like, "Oh, hey, you want to know what's in it?" I'm like, "No, I'm like, no, really, Jeannie, I'll tell you." And that's what's so funny about DIY, like the DIY group on Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. we have very few rules: don't ask for clones, don't give out clones. And and you know why that is? You know, a lot yeah. of these people that are in there under their real names, you know what vendor they are. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't get is there's a lot of people in that DIY group that are answering questions and giving out advice that are really well-known vendors. Well, and we're not that far removed from a lot of the American-made liquid brands that got popular being things that dudes were doing and selling in their kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're not that far. You know, the push for quality control and standards and clean environments. I mean, we're, we're, it wasn't that long ago that none of that mattered. Yeah, Daryl says rules are made to be broken. Um, well, Daryl, that, that does happen, and then we just hit delete. Just saying. <laughs> but, you know, and I guess, and people, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, Mandy, Mandy is the one that founded that group. You know, Mandy decided that this DIY group was going to be a great idea. And she's like, oh, Jeannie, you're really into DIY. You'll help. <laughs> I'm like, sure, I'll help. You you know, I didn't even realize I was an admin for like a year and a half. Yeah, I'm I like, believe that. Why do, why do I get all of these things about members requiring approval to join? And she's like, oh, you're an admin. I'm like, I'm what? Uh-huh, what? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. But, I mean, and she is a very she's a pretty well-known vendor now, you know, mm-hmm. um, not really so much right at this moment because she's in the state of Indiana, um, oh, yeah. who, who just passed Hitlerish rules. Yeah. I really hope something good comes, comes their way. I, I seriously hope the lawsuits, uh, work out for them. I really do. And I commend all the vendors that all got together to file these lawsuits because technically in Indiana right now, it's illegal to DIY. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you could have a 55-gallon drum of nicotine, Basil, and 
seven 55-gallon drums of flavoring. That's not illegal. It's not illegal to have all of these ingredients. It's illegal to combine them. I'm like, so... I, I just, I think... Well, uh, what they did enforcing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I... Total nightmare. There's no way they're, there's no way they're going to be able to enforce it because the way it reads, if, say, PP Dragon, okay, and we're going to pick on Mike just because we both sure. know him. And he's fun to pick on. Yeah, he is. So, say Mike sold e-liquid to somebody in Pennsylvania and they traveled to Indiana. Well, the way the Indiana law is written, PB can get fined for somebody being in the state of Indiana with his product if because he doesn't have the permit for Indiana. Like, how the fuck are you going to enforce that? Yeah. I mean, that violates the interstate trade, interstate commerce. Isn't that? Yeah, interstate yeah. commerce. Jan's not so. here. If Jan, if Jan was here, Jan would tell me exactly <laughs> what it was because she is my really smart friend. But you know, yeah, I mean, it's I, it's. There's just no way they're going to be able to enforce this crap that they wrote. Well, and what a waste of law enforcement time and resources to do. Well, what a waste of the legislature's time in passing this crap. Don't you think they had more important shit they needed to be looking at? You sure would think so. You know, I I would think so, but what do I know? You know, what do I know? I don't know anything about this stuff. The the big buzz here today in Minnesota was the state poison control put out numbers. Or the state has started to get the the numbers. And and this is the trick whenever you hear poison control is that they're equating calls to poisonings. They always do this, uh, and they think, I guess they think that people aren't smart enough to figure this out, right? So as far as the reporting of numbers, calls equal poisonings. So the calls went up from, I think, was it 38 last year to 64 this year? So they're citing this horrific rise in, oh, uh, we got to do something where, you know, child-resistant pa- you know, child packaging is, is mandatory uh, for vendors in Minnesota, Um you know, so that's going to be the big, the big one that we'll have to dispel here, is that calls don't equal poisonings. I'm not saying it's a good thing if it happened, right? I'm certainly not certainly alluding to not. that, but you know, just the the manipulation of some of this stuff is scary. Oh yeah, and the fact that they don't put out any comparisons is what floors me. Because if you look at the amount of poison control calls over kids mm-hmm. eating toothpaste, mm-hmm. it'll make the top of your head spin right off. Oh, yeah. Detergent. You know, I mean, I think toothpaste receives the most poison control calls in the United States in any given year. It wouldn't surprise me, yeah, because it's so readily available. Well, and but it's so readily available, and the fact that 99% of the people that I think are buying toothpaste don't actually realize that fluoride is a toxic poison. Right. And they're like, no, fluoride's good for your teeth. Well, yeah, but it can kill the rest of you. And, you yeah, know, I yeah. mean, you, and toothpaste, when is toothpaste ever put up out of children's reach? Not very often. 
and it comes in bubble gum and cinnamon and mint and spearmint and all these really fun flavors oh well you know save the children anytime the government doesn't have a leg to stand on that's that's their good old fallback is save the children and i think that's what really kind of broke my heart last week was the fact that you know we seem to have fallen in their save the children trap um and you know and like i said before i'm not saying that these labels don't need to change cuz they do they really do i'm not saying that it's not an issue because it is i just was not a fan of how it's being handled and somebody said to me they said well genie you know nothing ever gets done in vaping without drama yeah and yeah somebody said that in chat earlier I saw yeah that. and and that's that's very true but it doesn't mean i have to like it i i can hate that i can hate the fact that it takes drama to get people engaged. And yeah. that was that was the rant that I had the other night. I'm like, you know, hey, ask some people to write an advocacy letter or ask some people to, you know, learn something about DIY and then you know what's in your e-liquid or what should and shouldn't be in your e-liquid. And, you know, oh, no, no, don't, no, that, no, we don't have that five minutes. <laughs> but set people on a rampage against marketing to children which we have all been screaming about the FDA stomping their feet and playing the safety of the children card all this time. And doesn't everybody fall into that trap? And now we have vapors making this same accusations that the advocacy people have been fighting against the FDA for saying and for, against Stanton Glantz and his bunch of crazies saying um, so yeah, so yeah, the fact that drama gets these wheels moving, I I guess I think it just disturbs me that it has to come down to something like that to get people engaged and involved. Um, do you have Twitter open? No, I don't. Should open up really quick and just take a, a quick peek at the the picture I just tweeted. It's it's from a couple months ago. Um. But it just strikes to the heart of how insane some of this is. So I was at Target, um, and I'm sure anyone listening is probably familiar with what Target is. Um, at the back of the store... I know what that is. We don't have one. <laughs> really? Uh, okay. Well, at the back of the store, um, they usually have their seasonal stuff. So it's where they'll have their back to school or Christmas. And you know, when they're between seasons, they just put random shit out, right? So <laughs> we were back there, and they had you know sweet deals or whatever. And just sitting right there on the shelf was a whole display of nicotine, Target brand nicotine gum. Oh, yeah. Just right there, back of the store, in reach of kids, minty flavor, just um, hanging out. You know, here, if you go in the Walmart here, well, not here, but the Walmart 20 minutes from here, because um, that is the closest Walmart. Um, it's in another state. Um, they have carousels like that back by the video games. In electronics. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? This isn't marketing to kids. Well, let's let's just put the nicotine gum and the you know dissolvable stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's take it back by all the Xbox games. Yeah, right. Yeah, this isn't that far from the the electronics and toys and stuff. I mean, it just isn't. I, the world has gone crazy in some respects. 
It just has. Your it, your twelve year old, yeah, your twelve year old can take the twenty bucks you gave him for pocket money for the week and go down to the store and buy two six packs of Monster and slam them all, and that's perfectly legal. He might have a heart attack at twelve, but hey, you know it's. I don't know. I just, I just. Yeah. That... I started doing Jan's show with her on Monday nights here, mm-hmm. so now I get all of this really disturbing news that. I wouldn't normally hear because it's not the stuff that you ever see in the mass media. Sure. You know, they don't want to give you real problems. They want to give you made up shit to distract you. Um, and I am, I am just so stuck on this now that the government needs to do their fucking job and let me do my job as a parent mm-hmm. because yeah. it's my kid. It's my job. You know, um, that whole it takes a village thing. You know what? I live in a really small town and all of these people can raise their kids the way they want. I will raise my kid the way your I want. Your house is your village. Yes, my house is my village. Um, and everybody just is okay with it. I, I don't know. I guess I think I'm really kind of surprised at how apathetic some things are now. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, it's scary. Yeah, that energy drink thing. That I um I have what you could call an energy drink addiction. Um there are a lot of days where I drink one in the morning and one in the afternoon. But when that's the case, it's usually um rather than going out and getting some, you know, fancy pre workout supplement, I really just want the caffeine and some vitamins. So there's a brand that is endorsed by the UFC, not that, that makes it any any better. Uh, but it is like, you know, sugar-free and, and whatever. Probably, again, doesn't make it any better. But I feel better about it. But yeah, I I don't drink coffee either, though. So that's maybe the difference for me. That's how I justify it. Well, and see, and that's one of the, the most ironic things about me stopping smoking and starting vaping. I always measured the amount of coffee I drank in a day by the pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um. You know, I, how much coffee did you have today? I don't know, four. And the doctor's like, "Oh, four cups, Gene, you're doing good." And I went, mm, "Pots." You know, I mean, I could drink coffee right up until eleven thirty at night when I went to bed, mm-hmm. and I could lay down and go to sleep. Well, now I've stopped smoking, and I'm a vapor, and I've been vaping now, um, for five and a half years, um, and. Since I quit smoking, the amount of soda I drink is almost a negative. I mean, very, very rarely will I have soda or pop or whatever you want to call it. And I drink maybe two cups of coffee a day now. Wow. That's a pretty big switch. Yeah. Yeah. I I love soda. Um, I have a soda stream. I do, too. And I try, I've been trying to be better about the soda. I have been. And because most of what I drink is diet soda too, which is basically, let's be honest. Uh, Battery acid. I, I fully understand that every time I crack open a diet soda, I'm basically drinking a chemical cocktail. Yes. I, I know. <laughs> I'm aware. So I've been trying to be better about it because, you know, for a while it was a couple of 20-ounce glasses in the morning and one in the afternoon plus an energy drink in there somewhere. So I've been trying to be better about that aspect, but 
Oh, so and accessible. Joseph McManus in chat. Um, just don't forget to email me, number one. Oh, you're not the one. Um, and I have to tell you that when, when people are going to get into DIY, and even if they're not going to get into DIY, the best thing that I can ever tell you to do is to go over to TPA's website, the Perfumer's Apprentice or the Flavor Apprentice. It's the same company. Um, and read her Flavorous Corner. Because in the Flavorous Corner there, she has a lot of information about things that are good and bad and indifferent in your e-liquid. And the custard notes, which when you hear somebody talk about custard notes, what they're talking about is the is the base creaminess do i want to say is that the custardy the buttery um buttery is i think the best word if something is really buttery and has that nice creamy mouthfeel to it and it's an e-liquid it's probably got some things in there that you probably don't want to be vaping because they are they have the potential of being harmful and so even if you're not going to get into making your own e-liquid it's probably a really good thing to know. Information in vaping, and, and Basil, you and I have been around for so long that we know this. Information is the key. Information is necessary in this game. It really is. Because the information can change also. You know, I mean, we knew, we knew five years ago that diacetyl was not something that we wanted in our e-liquid. We knew this. It was one of the first threads I ever got to read on ECF. Yeah, yeah, it's and that's one that's been it is trendy and popular. Then it dies down, goes away, and then a couple months later, it's trendy and popular again because somebody else, you know, dug it up or found it or reported on it somewhere. I mean, it just um, it's that's one of the most cyclical topics in vaping. Uh-huh. And it goes and because it it just does. It goes around and around and around. And I think our testing methods get better too. You know, um and that's something that people don't take into account. They're like, Somebody said that this was tested. Well yeah, it was tested. But, you know, it at the time that this stuff was tested, they only went down to so many parts per million and you know, Dr. Varselinos has done studies and and Carl talks about stuff and Dr. Siegel talks about these things. And the the technology that they're testing with changes and their opinion on what is an acceptable limit. And notice I did not say a safe limit. Mm-hmm. I said an acceptable limit changes too. Jeannie, does the book on Amazon that you talk about from, I think, part? Um, no, Lee, That the book on Amazon about vaping is from Dawn Thorpe Yerkes. Um, that's the vaping realtor. Um, Dawn, she has a book on Amazon, huh? Yeah, she's had a, oh, yeah, she's had a book on, and you know, it's funny, is I get Dawn on here on the show, and Dawn's like, oh, my God, that's so outdated. Because this book is like three or four years old. So how do I not know about this? Yeah, all the stuff that she's talking about, she's like, some of it doesn't even exist anymore. 
But you know what I think um, made my day is I was talking, everybody was talking about old gear, and I'm like, you know, I still use a Cardo tank. And they're like, <laughs> no way. And I'm like, yeah, I've got several Cardo tanks, and, and I use them. Um, I have a, a vape that I make that's a root beer. It's a root beer float. Mm. And it carries the best flavor for the longest amount of time in a dual coil cardo tank. So I've either got it in a map tank, in a lava tank, or in my Finiac tank. Sure. You know, and, and yeah, so I still Did have... Did you ever have the GP S&P tank? No. Because that seems like it'd be a, it's a top-filling tank. So at the top, the top spins to reveal fill holes. So if you have a thin-tipped bottle, like, you know, the pen-style bottles are perfect for that. Uh-huh. The unicorn? Mm-hmm. I just can't bring myself to call them that. They're plastic bottles. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can dig one up. Um, that is, like, if you're using cardo tanks, that is the bee's knees. Yeah, my, my gear changes, um, you know, but it's, like, it, it's really funny is I'll get on this kick. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't made this recipe in a while. And I'm like, oh, you know what? And I haven't made that one either. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and then this one. So I'll get these three recipes out. That I haven't made in months. And it'll be like, those are three of the five flavors. Because I always make sure I have like five around to keep from getting flavor burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, a lot of people have that issue. They'll mix something up and they're like, oh, and it's great. And then they're like, you know, two days later it starts to lose its flavor. It's like, well, how much <laughs> flavoring did you put in that? And yep. they list off the percentages. And I'm thinking, wow, those are percentages that I would use. And typically, the percentages that I use are high for everybody else. I, you know, when I'm mixing something for myself, I usually shoot for a target of 15 to 18%, depending on what I'm using. But like we said at the top, um, a lot of what I use is typically TPA. And, uh, you know, or they're, they're blends where it's a couple percent of a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, there is... Who, whose was it? I got it. I ordered it from Kim a while back. It was a cinnamon churro. Was that from TPA? Was it from Flavor West? I don't remember. I was using that, and then I was adding just a little bit of Capella's banana, and boy, is that stuff strong. Yeah, I can't I can't vape anything cinnamon anymore, and I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, uh, cinnamon vapes started just tearing up my nose bad. Mm. And because I always made a cinnamon roll vape, but mm-hmm. yeah. I don't Nuns really... Nunspons, right? Yeah, yeah, because I don't like... Yeah, nuns buns that I had to out my yeah I had to explain to Father Jack that's still that's still my most embarrassing moment is a vapor, having to tell a priest that I had an e liquid named nuns buns and it was spelled n u n s yeah that was not my best day, um, but I love that because it had cinnamon red hots in it, because um, bakery style cinnamon flavor has never been yummy to me at all right. ever. Um, it just tastes like cinnamon flavored powder. You know, I it was never my thing. And I can't vape nuns buns anymore at all. I can't touch it. Hmm. So, you know, obviously my nose has become pretty sensitive to something in that. But and and I loved it. I absolutely loved that recipe. Just can't vape it. Yeah, you know, that's always my cautionary tale when people start talking about using alcohol based flavorings. Because those just, they kill my taste buds quick, really quick. 
um, for whatever it is in the the popular one, and you probably remember this because Bruce from Clouds of Vapor was the first one to to use it. Was the uh, was it the Nature's Flavors alcohol based organic line uh-huh. of flavoring the butterscotch? Uh-huh. And it turns out he was blending that at like thirty three percent flavoring into straight VG uh, and one hundred percent VG nicotine. All I could ever taste in so that stuff was, and and I never wanted to insult Bruce. But everybody was always like, oh, my God, it's the best butterscotch ever. And I'm like, all I can taste is alcohol. It's It just tastes like booze to me. Oh, it was butter and scotch. I mean, it it was a, yeah, a very scotchy flavor. I loved it. I vaped a lot of it. Yep. And once I, I figured out the where he was getting the flavor and I just started mixing it myself, it, so I had to start kind of tapering it back. And I just stopped buying it because, one, buying from Nature's Flavor sucks. Uh, it takes them forever in a day to ship and their shipping fees were high uh and you know the rate i was going through it just i i stopped um but yeah and then i actually found butterscotches that i liked better none that i've ever made myself and i've tried you know roar vapors butterscotch is the is for my dollar the best butterscotch liquid i've ever had i don't know what he does it tastes like a, a butterscotch pudding and i've tried uh, Lorans, I've tried Capellas, I've tried uh, TPAs, and I have never found a butterscotch that gets me anywhere close. Even trying to blend the three of them, uh, it gets me close to the way that stuff tastes. But none of those are alcohol based, and that's a big difference. I can, I just, the alcohol based stuff, you know, Same thing Nature's Flavors has a pretty good cheesecake too. I think it's blueberry cheesecake. And that stuff, I mean, even mixed it at a reasonable, you know, 12 to 13%. Just after a day, just couldn't taste anything. Yeah, see, and Flavor West is my favorite butterscotch. Um, I really do like Flavor West butterscotch. I have but used then that. Again, that one's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever I Mike over at Roar Vapor came up with is, is dynamite. It's a dynamite recipe. Um, I've never been able to approximate anything even remotely as good. Um, and I, yeah, flavor West butterscotch though is, is a nice kind of mix in, I think. Yeah, I got, and I said the last time we had a DIY show, I said something to somebody, they were talking about, you know, how to get a more buttery note into their custard. I'm like, well, if you tried adding a little bit, like a half a percent or so of flavor West butterscotch to that. So that's a good idea. And I got to thank you. I got to thank you. I am about it about a week later. And they're like, that was exactly what it needed. I'm like, well, you know, we, we know that butter for the most part is bad. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many companies that resell TPA and I have seen enough of them that I've lost track of counting how many of them um, sell TPA's butter flavor. And you and I both know that Linda has marked right on her site that it is not for mm-hmm. use in e-liquid. It is not for inhalation purposes at all. But everybody thinks that, you know, well, it's TPA, it's fine. Well, they don't understand that TPA is not just selling to the e industry. You know, she sells to candy makers and all kinds of things. So... I think the most impressed that I have ever been was when 
Dr. Fersalinos came out with this study, and the first thing that Linda did was go and create that huge database that she's got now. Have you seen that? Under the under the bulk section? No, I haven't. I haven't actually gone to TPA's site. In you should. She built this database, Basil, that is absolutely amazing. If you click on any of the flavorings, you can go down and you can look at the MS the um, the the MSDS sheet, and there's clickable things under the ingredients and you pick any one of the ingredients and you click on that ingredient and then it will open up another window that shows you every single flavoring that she's got that has that ingredient in it Hmm. it's freaking amazing yeah well that's one thing that i always liked is that that kimmer does that too with stuff that she knows like you go to the the flavor printers and they're all marked um You know, so so they're called out. I think that's just the a really nice, just nice, professional, responsible way to handle it. It's funny though. You know, all this talk about butterscotch. Butterscotch was the anise before fluid, and then the, mm-hmm. the myriad of fluid clones came out. And then it uh, became cereal vapes, and now it's starting to look like yogurt vapes are going to be the next big thing. It's just we're so funny. Fevers are so funny. We just get on these kicks and then everybody gets into it and then everybody gets out see and when the whole custard thing was in and everybody's like oh try this custard oh try that custard and i'm like yeah no thanks i i'll i'll pass i never really got onto that whole custard train and then when it went to the cereal vapes i guess i'm one of them odd ducks out because like sweet cream mm-hmm. awful Awful stuff. Don't like it. Awful. Bavarian cream. All of these people that swear by Bavarian cream and think it's the next best thing to slice bread. I have never found a Bavarian cream that tasted like a Bavarian cream donut. That it's it's just right. I, that's not what I get out of it. I get this horrible, awful blah. For the longest time, back when I started vaping, the pay it forward group on on ecf was like one of the most popular things going and a lot of it was you know hey i've got this you know who wants it and then the next person would have to say okay well i'll take it and then here's in turn what i'm gonna offer up and in some ways you know we, we did a lot of collections and stuff for people that were were down and out in the early days but a lot of it was just kind of trading juices around i got some unmarked like 10 mil bottle of uh, 90% VG Bavarian cream, and it had a nice dark brown color to it. And it was, to this day, one of the best e-liquids I've ever tried. And it was unmarked. Nobody we could ever tell me where it came from. The person who got it wasn't couldn't remember, wasn't sure. And I've never had a Bavarian cream that was that good ever again. I love Bavarian cream donuts. Mm-hmm. I have not had any Bavarian cream flavoring out there that that actually tasted like that to me. And I'm wondering if it's just that I can't wrap my head around not having the texture that my brain associates with the flavor? Yeah, I, well, I think Bavarian cream for me generally becomes a better add, add in, mix in kind of thing than they are on their own. The ones that I've tried. Um, Like I think about TPAs and isn't it? Like TPS is okay, but it I would never just mix Bavarian cream and vape it on its own as a single flavor liquid. I would never do that. It's just I, I don't like it. But 
you start mixing it with some fruits and maybe some vanilla swirl, uh, you know, maybe the, you know, one of the danishes. And now you got yourself a party. Well, and have you ever accidentally mixed two different flavors in like a tank and realized after the fact, and you're like, "Oh, hey, wait, this is kind of good." <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, and especially you know, a lot of these Genesis tanks require a little more maintenance than your average dripper or your K-Fun, whatever. So it's just kind of a pain in the dick to to completely break them down. So. It's, you know, every two or three flavors or, you know, a serious rebuild where I'm, you know, redoing, uh, torsion up a new wick that will actually, like, disassemble it and give it a, a good rinse. So right now I have some peanut butter cereal in with a strawberry, like, awful. It is delightful. Huh. It is absolutely delicious. I started thinking about um, different... Yeah, Margo says, or you get dirt. Yes, that's happened too. I, I have accidentally combined two things and went, taken one vape off of it and went, oh my God, this is the worst e-liquid ever on the planet. Um, because I accidentally put two things that should never have been anywhere near each other in the same damn tank. Um, but with being on paleo, of course, mm -hmm. um, desserts are really kind of limited you know, to like fruit or almond flour cookies and things let like me, that. Let me tell you about something that if you've never done this, you need to. Um, when I was going really hard on the, the paleo stuff for a while, this was like my late night treat. So take a, a bowl, like a small ice cream bowl, uh, get uh, shredded carrots, just plop some shredded carrots in there. You're not supposed uh, to eat carrots on paleo. Nobody ever told me that. They're a vegetable. What's wrong with carrots? Why are They're carrots a root out? vegetable. You're not supposed to eat very many root vegetables. Okay, but go on. Keep going. A, a little bit of shredded carrot. Yeah, so uh, shredded carrots, raisins, um, sliced almonds, and then I prefer coconut milk to almond milk. So then, um, but you can use almond milk. You could use either one, right? And throw some shredded coconut and a little cinnamon on there. Unsweetened shredded coconut and a little cinnamon on there. And it's crunchy and cold and delicious. Well, I'm going to have to try that now. I, I can tell you that I go through a fortune in almond flour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the best the best price I have ever seen on almond flour is by far at Trader Joe's. Yeah, no, uh, we actually have a, a Whole Foods store here. Okay. Um, and I can get it over there. Much cheaper than I can even get it on, like, Amazon or direct from Honeybill or anything like that. And I really like the the grind that they have on theirs, too. So, I mean, and one of the good things for us is the fact that you're allowed to have eggs, which is pretty good for us because, you know, we have chickens. Um, so I know we got organic eggs. But um, we have honeybees, too. Oh, sure. Yeah, so, that's huge. Yeah. Because otherwise, I would be going broke buying honey, mm -hmm. you know. And, of course, raw honey is always better for you. But that is something. <laughs> Remember uh, honeybees? Oh, man. Uh, I was in the reviewer's queue a couple months back with uh, Nick and uh, Flitzy and uh, who else was on there? Oh, Liam Lynch was on with us. It was totally cool. Um, like Raven Vapes, Liam Lynch, right? Um, 
we were talking about honeybees, man, when I, a couple, when, when that was like the coolest vape ever, I was told that it was either, um, don't vape that anymore or vape it outside because that stuff just stunk. Oh yeah. And it smelled like god awful feet. Um, Joseph, you need to send me an email because if you send me an email, Joseph, what we'll do is we will get you some store credit at One Stop DIY Shop and you can um, have, be in your little glory ordering some flavors and stuff from One Stop and they won't cost you a dime. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure I mm-hmm. see. Because, you know, I have to make sure I give away all my stuff from Kimmer because if not, Kimmer will send me a message after the DIY show and say, why didn't you give your stuff away? Yeah, and I'm going to need to um, do some DIY now. I'll just talk about it um, because I mixed up a big 120 ml batch of her strawberry milk, mm-hmm. and uh, I love this stuff. And it's nearly gone. Uh, I was getting a little burnt out because I went through like 240 mils of it pretty darn quick uh, of like finished finished liquid. So, have you tried her blueberry? Kind of. Have you tried her blueberry? I have not. The other ones that I have um, had, maybe I still have some, a little bit left, are the cinnamon roll. I think our cinnamon roll flavoring is is really good. And uh, the pink lemonade is really good as well. I'm a huge fan of the Arnold Palmer type. Mm. I like to drink them. I don't like to vape them. Um, yeah, that that half tea, half lemonade that she's got in the one-stop line is amazing. Um, Lucky Shot is really good at anything you want. Vanilla, caramely, graham crackery. I mean, it makes a phenomenal key lime pie. Yeah, it really does. Um, Kimmer really did pretty much knock it out of the park with a lot of her flavorings. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that we expected anything less because this is Kimmer, but yeah, she did, she did really well. There's only a few of them that I'm not a fan of. Oh, and Kimmer says that lucky shot is Shane's baby. Well, yay, Shane, Shane, you did good. I don't, is that one of her blends or is that one of her flavorings? Yeah. Kimmer has her own. Oh, it's a blend. Okay. Yeah. She has, she has the blends and then she has. She has the one-stop DIY shop flavor blends, and then she has the one-stop DIY shop flavorings, um, all of which are just pretty damn spectacular. Um, I'm for new mixers, you know, it's a pretty easy step because most of them are like mix them at ten or twelve percent and shake them in vape. Mm-hmm. And standalone because there are not really a lot of flavorings out there that you can just mix it up and vape it. Just that one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes DIY gets really overwhelming for people. And especially like I have a friend of mine that um, Oliver that I call the flavor master because that's what I think he is. Um, he is an absolutely phenomenal mixer. But, you know, he's got some recipes that have got 17 flavorings in them. Well, you look at somebody that's new to DIY and they're like, oh, so screw that. And you really can't blame them, you know. But the flavors that Oliver came up with that took those 17 are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. And that's what I like about Kimmer's line is for somebody that says, you know, I, re- I just want to try mixing and see if I can do it. Well, okay, get get some of the one-stop DIY shop line, you know, the Arnold Palmer and mix that stuff at 10%, shake it and vape it and tell me if you like it. Mm-hmm. If it tastes like cabbage, you did something wrong. <laughs> and there are people out there like that. My friend Eva you know, Eva is constantly trying to DIY, and she says everything I make tastes like cabbage. <laughs> and I'm like, everything? And she's like, yeah, I mix strawberry, it tastes like cabbage. I mix lemon, it tastes like cabbage. I mix coffee, it tastes like cabbage. And I'm like, something's just not right there, Eva. Yeah, I might want to check out your mixing environment. Yeah, you you, you might have some <laughs> issues. If everything tastes like cabbage, there's something wrong, and it's probably not the e-liquid. You know, the one thing that I, I do desperately need to pick up, even if I'm not doing DIY, is some menthol. Uh, I bought, when I first started doing DIY, one of the first things I ever made was just classic Adam's apple, just TPA green apple with menthol, right? And uh, I had that ounce bottle of menthol for probably four years, and it's just menthol. So, I mean, TPA menthol diluted down. I didn't really feel like I was going to suffer a great quantity dilemma or look quality dilemma from it being aged it's just menthol yeah it's just menthol um i almost killed a friend of mine not literally killed but yeah i think she wanted to die um she had ordered some tobacco e-liquid and forgot that she always you know and for some reason she saw the name and she clicked it and what she clicked was the non-menthol version and she's Mm -hmm. like so what do i do to fix this and i'm like oh we can fix that and I'm like, well, I'll just get some menthol crystals. Well, mind you, I don't like menthol. I never smoked menthol cigarettes. I just was never a menthol person. If I want hmm. one of my e-liquids to be cold, I will sooner use some culotta. Yep. Because it's the cool without the flavor. I don't like the flavor of menthol. So, okay, so I'm going to make these menthol drops for her, right? And I'm like, well, you just crush the crystals and you mix them in some PG. You're good to go, right? Yeah. You don't crush up enough crystals to fill the bottle halfway. No. No, 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 no. Don't ever do that. Don't. Yeah, no, never do that. She was putting like one drop of this stuff in a 10 mil bottle of e-liquid. Yeah, and it was you know, too what's much. funny too is that I think the TPA dilution is like 10%, 10% menthol? Yeah. Uh, in a one ounce bottle? Yeah. Um, if you just drip some and just leave it sitting on like a tabletop or something, uh, it will recrystallize pretty quickly. Who had, who had angel tears? Roar vapor. Was it Roar? Okay, mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't want to say Mike and be wrong. But do you remember how cold them things were? Ooh, man. Uh, I brought over one time uh, for some buddies a bunch of samples from our vapor, and he threw in a couple small bottles of Angel Tears. So one of these guys, I was over in the Philippines, uh, picks one up and just drips it straight into an Addy. And uh, he about cried. Yeah. He about had real tears <laughs> because it was so, so harsh. Yep. So yeah, my learning curve with menthol was damn near seizing up my friend's lungs. 
Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where it's like, oh, well, shit, shouldn't have done that. Yeah, same thing with EM. Yeah, because too much EM is not yummy. No. Ooh, no. Yeah, there's there's a fine line between enough and, oh, damn, too much. And the minute it gets too much, it just starts going all blah. It's funny talking about menthol. Um, I don't go out of my way to vape menthol very often. But if I have a cold, it is like, you know, sinus infection. It's the best thing ever, right? So there's uh, some brick-and-mortar stores in my neck of the woods. They have four or five of them here in Minnesota, smokeless smoking. And uh, they have their own line of liquid that they do in-house, and it's called 503. And uh, one of the, the guy that runs the, the store that's just down the street from me uh, one day was telling me about it. He called it Cold Cure. And uh, I said, really? Let me try some. And it is the menthol they use in their, their menthol tobacco and anise. Like a heavy hand of both. And this stuff, let me tell you, if that doesn't clear your sinuses, you should go to a doctor. I am, and like I said, I'm not much for menthol. Um, Never have been. Uh, The only menthol vape that I ever actually cared for, believe it or not, was the five-pack of cartomizers that came in, or not cartomizers, the five-pack of cartridges that came with my blue e-cig the day I started I knew started you were going to say that. Yeah. I like those. I was really mad when they were gone in two hours, but yeah, I, I didn't dislike those at all, which was really kind of surprising to me because, like I said, I never smoked menthol cigarettes, never liked them. Um, but I always... I make a, a strawberry ice cream vape mm. and and the strawberry, you know, strawberry ice cream. So, of course, it should be cold, right? So, I use mm-hmm. colada in that one and sure. and I really like that. Now, what, um, what do you find happens with colada at, well, you probably don't hit really high watts. I don't. And does it get colder at the higher the wattage? I don't I, have, I haven't used it much. I have absolutely no idea. I have no clue. I I wouldn't know. I don't. I tend to keep fruity flavors low wattage Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, you start hitting higher wattages with them and and it really does change them. And the biggest thing with me with flavoring is I want it to taste like it smells. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean it's part of the the sensory perception, I suppose. Yeah. So I'm I'm weird about that. Oh, hey, Tower of Apes here. Hi, Rich. Oh man, that seasick picture he posted. Oh boy. What did he post? Um, it was over the weekend. He posted a picture of uh, a Filipino dish called seasick. Oh, food porn. Oh, that is the first thing I do when I get over to the Philippines. Uh, would be to go to a restaurant and get some. It uh, it's incredible. It's um, some different. It's uh, pork liver, and then traditionally it's. Oh, you uh, lost me at liver. Well, but but hey, man. So it's traditionally liver and snout and ear, and uh, it gets uh, boiled and then deep fried and then minced up, and then it goes into a skillet with um, uh, a little bit of soy sauce. But then you have this. Um, 
Nor, the seasoning company, they have a liquid seasoning that's really popular over there. So some of that and some chilies and some uh, some onion, a uh, bunch of garlic, and it gets kind of done on a skillet. And then right as they bring it out, they uh, crack an egg on it before they serve it to you. And they give you a little um, baby, well, they're basically baby limes, little, little green citrus fruit. And you kind of give it a dash of that. And you mix the egg through, and the egg almost becomes like a mayo. Well, yeah, the egg doesn't concern me at all, but you, you really did. You you lost me it it liver. Um, yeah, my grandmother made me liver once, and I've never voluntarily touched it again. Beef um, or pork? Beef liver. Um, and interestingly enough, one of, um, well, she was my employee. She is no longer uh, because she was outsourced as well. Um, she is from a region called Papangas, and in Papangas, they uh, do it like crunchy. So they, I mean, they really deep fry it. And for hers, she would always make it for me when I came into town. She uses liver paste in hers to give it a, a creamier kind of underlying texture. So that is probably a definite no for you. Yeah, I don't. I think I'll pass. It's it's minced up so much you would never know it was liver though. And what's hysterically funny is we give our sixteen year old a hard time constantly because this kid never wants to try something he hasn't had. You know, I make I make these tortillas um, out of almond flour and tapioca flour. Sure. Yeah, and and Paul and I absolutely love them. And when I make them, I will make up um, half of the batch normal, and then I will make up the other half of the batch extra thin. And leave them on the cast iron griddle longer to get nice and crispy. And I can sit down and eat these things with, with avocado all day long. Well, to Bernie, if it's not a flour tortilla, then he's not touching it. It's just mm. too weird. It has to be a flour tortilla or it has to be Taco Bell. And avocado, oh, forget that. It's slimy looking and green. He's not touching it. And I'm like, but it doesn't taste slimy looking. It's nice and creamy. Avocado is really good. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Will he eat guacamole? And, no, won't touch it. Okay. Yeah, no, won't touch it. Um, and Paul and I give him he's, a hard time about lost. not trying new things. Mm-hmm. And what's hysterically funny about that is I am kind of funny about trying different things. Um, but now I've I've tried octopus, didn't like it. I've tried squid, didn't like it. I've tried alligator didn't like it i've tried rattlesnake didn't like it and by the way anybody that says all that stuff tastes like chicken you're fucking wrong (laughs) it does not taste like chicken believe me we raise chickens it does not taste like any chicken i've ever had um but i'm not so much as bernie you know bernie just yeah really this this child is very set in his ways about what he's going to eat and considering he's 16 years old and six foot tall um i don't argue with him a whole awful lot because i'd have to hate to have to hit him with a chair or something you know Um, yeah because at this at this point that's about all the recourse that i have you know i mean if this kid mouths off to me i'm i have to stand on a chair to look him in the face (laughs) you know that's that's never you know that that doesn't go a long ways as to being scary to your child. When you have to go stand on a chair 
to look them in the face, they're not really afraid of you at that point. Yeah, well, I mean, I I can relate. My mom is 5'2". And yeah, and you're really tall. Yeah, I'm like a full foot taller than she is. Yeah, you're really tall. So, by the way, who who um led all the the dancing at your wedding? Um, one of well, like on the dance floor, who was the DJ? No, who led all the dancing? Uh, myself and my cousins actually. Good job, Basil. Because yeah. Um, and anybody that's not familiar with this, Basil Ray um used to DJ a lot. Um, and he... I did this last summer, and I am again this summer. Are so, you? Uh, yeah. So they last summer it was to sock money away. To, I I to miss pay you at VaporCon. And uh, then this year, it's so as part of the deal, it's either I got a, a pretty big discount up front, or I got an even bigger discount on the back end if I do a few more shows. Uh-huh. So I'm probably doing a dozen weddings this year, or something like that. Yeah, um, Basil, nobody was really dancing at PB's wedding reception, and Basil fixed that. And that little kid, that little itty bitty kid, mm-hmm. I think he thought that you were like. The greatest thing on the planet. I'll never forget that. You were out there leading these dances and this little kid's behind you copying everything you do and he's just grinning ear to ear and he kept looking up at you like, isn't he cool, mom? It was, oh, right. That's the only time that's going to happen. It was It was really kind of cool. It was cool. No, it's, um, it's funny. I, uh, <laughs> for the longest time, I didn't get to go to weddings as a guest. I was always going to work. So for me, it I I like going to weddings because well one that's usually a pretty happy occasion usually, uh, but two like it's just fun to be at a wedding and not have to work. Well, and the place they had the wedding, it was really cute. I mean, that was mm-hmm. a nice little place. Yeah, it is a really nice spot. Um, yep, and, right on the little lake there. Well, yeah, it's man-made, but yeah. Yep, and PB Dragon um, still gives me shit over the fact that, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, we're having all this Greek food and blah, 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 blah. What do you like Greek food? And I'm like, um, haven't had any outside the food court at the mall. And he's just about shit over that. He's like, you're kidding me. And I'm like, uh, no, why would I lie to you about something like that? (laughs) You know, the only place I had ever had Greek food was at the food court at the Galleria Mall in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. The Greek food in the food court at the Galleria Mall in Dallas, Texas sucks donkey balls. Yeah, I could see that. It's probably because none of it is made there. It's yeah. probably frozen and they're just flash frying it. Yeah, the food at PB's wedding was really good. It was excellent, yeah. So, and I think that's why um, when we went on vacation uh, two summers ago, we took Bernie and we put him in the car and, and we just took off. And we went through Lexington and um, we went through Kentucky and we went down through Tennessee. You know, we stopped in Chattanooga and we ate at Demi's restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ate at Portofino's. And let me tell you what, it was the first time in my life I ever had lamb chops. I could eat those about three days a week for the rest of my life and never get sick of them. Mm-hmm. I decided then and there that I really like lamb chops. Now, had it not been for the fact that I went to PB's wedding and and they had all of this Greek food, I probably would have just ordered the pizza at at uh, Demi's <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. 
So I, you know, I'm funny that way. Um, I think, and that is one of those things that, um, with DIY too, that I tell everybody when they go to order stuff and they're like, oh, I like these flavors. I'm like, okay, but when you order flavoring, make sure you throw in one or two little sample bottle sizes of something that you think you might not like. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time it turns out that you will like it. Or I love, it becomes a great accent for something you yeah, like. I love pineapple. I love fresh pineapple. I love canned pineapple. I love pineapple upside down cake. I like pineapple on skewers on the grill. I cannot vape pineapple. I've never found one that I liked. It just not one of my things. Mango. I do not care for fresh mango. Well, have you been somewhere tropical? No. Then you don't understand fresh mango. Okay. Um, sometime, take a trip to a place like the Philippines as as an example, because I I can't eat mangoes in the U.S. Do they they I, have I've they have really. mangoes they have mangoes in Puerto Rico. Um, they do. They well, see, are I'm telling still you, not, they're still not as good. We're we're selling our house, the rent house, the car wash, and the storage building when my husband retires, and we're moving to Puerto Rico. Basil, between now and the time my husband retires, Ooh. I'm telling you, we will be retired in Puerto Rico. Speaking of Puerto Rican food, mofongo. Are you familiar with mofongo? Nope. nope. Ooh. So it's plantains that uh, are sliced and then deep fried. And then, well, I mean, not like deep fried to the point where they're chips, you know, or, you know, like crunchy, but just until they're um, kind of golden brown. And then they mash them with garlic and uh, a little salt and pepper. Oh, I uh, have but, had that. I make garlic. that. Yeah. And I make that. Really? Oh, okay. I thought you said you hate that. I was going to say, how? No, yeah. I make that. Yeah. When they do it, the traditional Puerto Rican way to do it is, um, I forget the the word for it. Um, it's basically like a wooden bowl with a pestle. And they grind it in the wooden bowl. And Puerto Ricans will tell you that if you don't do it in the wooden bowl, it doesn't taste right. Uh, well, my husband learned how to eat that stuff when he lived in the country of Panama. Mm-hmm. And and what's really good is when I fry the plantains, I fry the plantains in coconut oil. I bet that would be good, yeah. I used olive oil when I did it last yeah, time. Yeah, and coconut oil, and you really wouldn't think that plantains and coconut oil and garlic would all go together. They really do. Mm-hmm. They really do. When they serve it there, like if you go to a restaurant, it's usually, it's almost uh, more of an entree and they'll... They have cuts of meat that are kind of then loosely tossed into the bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. They also will just kind of lightly mash plantains and then uh, deep fry them into patties. And uh, they use a lot of – it's basically mayonnaise and ketchup. uh It's kind of a go-to dipping sauce down there. And you you can buy it pre-mixed. Goya – they make beans and all sorts of other kind of Latino cuisine. They have a brand of mayo ketchup, and it's got some pepper to it, um, some like red pepper powder or something they put in it as well. It's delicious. Uh, Duro, Duro's asking me if my uh, my <laughs> husband hung out with Noriega. Um, well, here's the funny thing. Um, my husband and his ex-wife, uh, my husband was stationed in the country of Panama, 
when they decided to, when the United States decided they were going to cut off all of the money to Panama. So she was nine months pregnant with my oldest son at the time. So she was too pregnant for the Air Force to fly her out. So I actually, my, my oldest boy was born in the country of Panama during the Panama invasion. And what really is kind of odd about that is the fact that there was not a hospital on the Air Force base. So he was born in a Panamanian civilian hospital. Hmm. So up until he was like 18, he carried dual citizenship because the country of Panama said he was born there on their soil. He was Panamanian. The American government said, no, his father was active duty military. He's American. And the kid's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to pick American. Why wouldn't I? And we're like, oh, well, no, no, child, wait a minute. You might want to think about that for a while. Like, well, what do you mean? Why wouldn't I want to be American? I said, well, are you going to pl- plan on traveling abroad a great deal during your life? No. Why would that make a difference? Well, because, let me tell you what, kid. As an American citizen, your chances of being kidnapped are probably about 50 times higher than your chances of being kidnapped as a Panamanian. Nobody's going to kidnap a, pa- a Panamanian citizen. Right. <laughs> they, right. That country has not pissed off that many people. You no, know? I can't think of any, really. Yeah. My husband says that the, the best thing about living in the country of Panama was... You know, on his birthday, he could swim in the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean on the same day. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, and there's two Bacardi factories in that country. There is one in Puerto Rico as well. Yeah. $10, $10, you got to tour the plant. And if you tip the security guard an extra 5 bucks, he'd just let you keep going through. And, of course, they have free samples. And my husband really loves rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the wife and I went to Puerto Rico, we did the mixology tour. So it was like $30 um, a person instead of 10 or whatever the basic tour was. But then at the end, um, somebody from Bacardi teaches you how to make proper... Oh, we, I, I have to tell you this. We have one minute and 35 seconds before Mixler hangs up on us. Okay. Yeah, so, you, all right, finish your mixology thing. Yeah, no, th- that was it. So, yeah, so I'm officially certified to make a Cuba Libre, a mojito, and an original lime daiquiri. I make really good mojitos because we grow, I grow um, peppermint, wintergreen, and spearmint here. Mm, Yum. And it's, I can always tell if Bernie got too close to my plants with the weed whacker because you walk outside and all you can smell is mint. (laughs) And he's like, no, I didn't hit any of them. Yeah, not me. No, I didn't hit them. So, but um, Basil, thank you very much for coming on with me. I really, I have missed you, kiddo. Yeah, we have to we have to talk more. We need to get you back at VaporCon. Yes, I hope to. We will see how things go with the new job and time off and all that jazz and funds and all that stuff. Well, anytime you want to come on here and sit here and visit with me for two hours, I absolutely would love to have you back. All right. I, Be careful what you wish for. Hey, no, no, no. Since said the same thing. I, I really want to shoot um, because Kazi did say that um, it would be doable um, – that he would not be adverse to um, getting the three of you and having all three of you come on the show one night. Oh, that could be a good time, yeah. That could be fun. All right, everybody. We are out of here. All right, have fun.